Ladies and gentlemen, around the world, this is Gavina T.K. Kirkland. You're listening to the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, for the 300-something episode of the T.K. Kirkland Podcast, I bring you another interesting person on this planet. Met this beautiful sister. She's a dear heart to me. And we was talking and her her life, her story, things she's had to overcome to um, become a pharmacist, an entrepreneur, a businesswoman is amazing. And I said to her one day, I said, well, do you mind sharing your story to the world? And, you know, at first she says yes, and then she said, I don't really know, because that's what I'm going to do. And I had to convince her, you know, to to do it. And now she, boom, we rolling. So um, we were talking the other day, and we were talking about her upbringing, how in your family, ladies and gentlemen, you might have um, distractions in life to prevent you from your goal. Sometimes it's outside friends, sometimes it's family members, but this situation hit close to me because it was actually her grandma. And um, if you don't mind, can you take me from your childhood, how you had to overcome certain things to become this person who you are, how you adopted your brothers and sisters because of what you saw in your family and where you going today? And I'm just going to sit back, ladies and gentlemen, and to people in Ghana, Japan, Monaco, Spain, Brazil, the people all over who, who DM me about my show, I want you all to listen to this story and this journey of this woman and be inspired. Because when she talks to me, she don't know because I'm, I'm just a fly-ass nigga. I can't be inspired that much more, but she inspires me. So go ahead. I'm going to let you have the floor. And every now and then I'll interject in there, ask you questions, blah, blah, blah. But um, pretty much take us from back in your childhood, from when your mom passed and how you had to change your thoughts and achieve these things to become who you are. Right. So, yeah. Um, grew up in a two-parent household. I am one of six. I am second oldest. And um, in 2000, right after my mother had my sister, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And it was very aggressive, um, ended up spreading, and in 2003, she died. Um, my father was ultimately left with five children. So um, he was previously an alcoholic, and, you know, now that he has lost the love of his life, he started drinking again. He ended Mm -hmm. up getting into a car accident one night and uh, smashed up a lady's leg pretty bad. They locked him up then. At that point, um, it was kind of like a rush to, like, you know, figure out what they were going to do with us. Who could actually hold five children, like, really amazing Mm-hmm. And so that suggestion was to live with my father's mother, my granny, in Jackson, mm-hmm. Mississippi. So I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay. So it's a big culture difference once we get down to 
Jackson, Mississippi. So who all is there is just me, uh, my brother Alan, and um, my other little brother and my little sister. And so ultimately there's four of us. Uh, one of my adopted brothers went with one of my other family members in Indianapolis. And that's just like where it all begins, where like all the drama starts. So the first okay. thing um, we notice is how she would use us. So we were getting, you know, of course, Social Security from my mother. Mm-hmm. And um, we were rare kids in need, genuinely. And right. you could see um, where the funds were being misappropriated. So when we actually got down to Mississippi, I was already in high school. So I ended up having to switch high schools my second semester. So I had been uh, in high school in Indianapolis, second semester of my senior year. I get switched over to a whole new high school, graduate, and um, actually got accepted into uh, HBCU in Holly Springs, mm-hmm. Mississippi. So it was really the second chance school because, you know, with all those distractions and transitions, I didn't have the best grades. But thankfully, thankfully, I ran into an awesome recruiter. And um, what I told my siblings, because you could tell the verbal abuse, the physical abuse that my grandmother um, was dishing out, that I would definitely come back for them. Let me finish school. I'm going to be a pharmacist. I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm coming back for you. Wow. Exactly. So. Because, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt, because most people say that and go make money and they don't come back. Exactly. Can you stay in one spot, ma'am? You keep moving around. Sorry. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, I definitely. um, I tell them I'm coming back for them. And so I do. I go to undergrad. uh, I get my bachelor's in biology um, completely alone. No one's, you know, coming to spend money. When I was actually dropped off to school, I was dropped off to school by my granny. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I took donations from the the church we were going to. She didn't buy me anything to go to school. Um, And... I had some donations uh, from a particular church member that I love, and she gave me $600 towards books. Right. So I go there. She rents a car. We go there. She doesn't help me unpack my stuff. She doesn't congratulate me. She ultimately throws my things on the curb, and the only thing I've ever seen was those taillights leaving. Wow. So I'm like essentially just kind of dropped off on a – uh, an island, right? Just trying mm-hmm. to make my way. But and, you knew how to navigate through school, like to go to your dorm, who to talk to, et cetera, et cetera. And was you, did you cry? Was you depressed or did it make you tough? I think it made me tough. Okay. Yeah, now you cry for a little bit, especially your, your lonely Thanksgivings. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it really just made me tough and, and made me really realize the kind of person she was. So, you know, when she left, um, she still had my my $600 check, and I'm still kind of bitter about that one. She had my $600 check for books. When I got to the school, the books were free. So, of course, I reached out to the, you know, the church member who gave me the money and said, hey, you know, the books are free. Did you want me to send the money back? She was like, no, you can go ahead and use it. 
Well, I, you know, I told my grandmother, hey, you know, she she wants me to keep it and use it for the things I need. When I got it, it was like $250. So I'm like, hey, you know, what, you know, where's the rest of the money? I thought it was like 600 And she was like, mm-hmm. oh, so, you know, I took the money out of the rental car and every gas thing and, oh, and the food that we ate on the way up there. Wow. So that's what you had left. So not only did you abandon me, you took majority of the money that someone else gave me and had right. no intentions of supporting me in the future. Right. Because that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So push comes to shove. I do great in undergrad. Mm-hmm. I graduate with um, a 3.0 GPA. I have my bachelor's of science in biology. Became the queen campus. Right. It was great. And I actually got accepted to pharmacy school. Uh, yes, I moved to Tallahassee, Florida, and started pharmacy school. Mm-hmm. Once pharmacy school was over, I did my residency in HIV, and um, I did exactly what I promised to do. I went back and I, had, uh, you know, essentially adopted my siblings. Now the understanding was, and it was a it was a vocal thing. Every my whole family knew. Once my family gets right. into pharmacy school, she's going to adopt her brother and sister. And so when I approached. My grandmother like, hey, I'm done. I'm ready. She pushed back. She told me that I couldn't and that I would need to do something more official. So I ended up getting a lawyer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> funny, funny thing is my lawyer was my cheermate in undergrad. Was the wow. <laughs> Got a lawyer, paid for a lawyer, had a whole court day. When we show up at court, she act like it was so obvious. Like, what she mean? She was always said she was going to go with them. <laughs> so when it was easy and free and we could just transfer, it was an issue. But she made me go through all of that. And she is the type of person who will literally be talking on the phone and, and tell all your business on the phone while you're sitting there. She's just a nasty person. Nasty person, right. Mm-hmm. And spirit. It's unfortunate people like that live forever, but if you wish, I know me. I know I'll be wishing people dead. I know people think that's mean, TK. I don't care. You know, they, they say God answered your prayers, right? Yes. Nope. <laughs> 80-something and ticking. I don't know what's going on, but. Right. Yes. So we, I did. I got my, my siblings. Uh, they were 14 and 16 at the time. It was official. Um, my Little brother went on to Southern on a band scholarship, mm-hmm. and uh, my little sister graduated from the same undergrad and is pursuing pharmacy school. Awesome. So what motivates you? So just let's stop there. You go from pharmacy, and then you venture up in other things. So what motivates you to get – I want you to tell the world how you went from that and how your mindset and what's your ambition and the other things that you're doing. Well, I will say that all taught me that you only got yourself. Mm-hmm. So when you only got yourself, you have to make sure that all bases are covered. I'm not thinking 10 days ahead. I'm thinking 10 years ahead. Mm-hmm. So I have to make sure that I am covered because I never want to be in a position where I'm vulnerable to someone else, like my right. grandmother. Exactly. So, yeah, so that motivates me to... Like, I work a lot. <laughs> I mm-hmm. have my pharmacy degree. I have worked multiple jobs. 
to make ends meet, I have finally um, actually ventured out into the Airbnb world, and it's right. been very successful. And it's an opportunity to leave something to my kid. So I have a okay. 17-year-old boy, I mean, seven-year-old mm-hmm. boy. And right. it gives me the opportunity to leave him something and have a, a better start than I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, this is my untimely death. <laughs> yes, exactly. I know. Now, uh, now, keep going. Like, you know, so it's not just an Airbnb. What are your, what are you pursuing from that? Where do you want to take all this in your life, from pharmacy school to Airbnb? Because when I talk to you, I hear bigger things. I just want to see, do you see it? Yeah. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once I got into Airbnb, of course, I believe my ultimate goal is to have a really big real estate portfolio across mm-hmm. the country um, and ultimately get into real estate development. So I want to build a complex. I want to build a um, – a place or like somewhere in the suburbs where people come and then they would have to um, either, you know, work with like contractors or even do commercial. So something into that, to that level, but I'm definitely seeing in real estate. And is all of this because of um, how you started out with Airbnb or is, was your uncle, your, somebody in your family involved in this or you're like the first person in your family to pursue real estate like this and, and or pharmacy? Well, yeah. I'm first generation for everything. I'm the first doctor in the family. I'm the first pharmacist in the family. I'm the first real estate investor in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I talk, I say, hey, I was the first one in Florida, and then all my family followed it, you know? So... Um, definitely a pioneer and really setting the tone because we have a, I have a generation behind me that needs to see that it's possible to leave the east side of Indianapolis. So it's, it's I said I, we have another, you know, generation in my family behind me. Right. And it seems like they're doing good. I don't hear no bums. I don't, I don't, what I'm saying is I don't hear no weak link. You know, so, with respect, somebody always got the weak link or someone feels entitled. They mm-hmm. don't want to work hard, you know. Like in, when I was growing up, I grew up in Jersey City, New Jersey, and um, saw some of the most beautiful women in the world in my city. I'm talking about drop-dead gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have good role models in our city. So people died young because of the, you know, drugs and heroin, crack cocaine. And some of these men were the downfall of some of these beautiful women because the guys would get the women on drugs. Mm. So you're dealing with heroin, then you're dealing with, um, then you start dealing with AIDS, right? Mm-hmm. And then the crack cocaine. So we have all this element in our community. Now, I'm in college, I'm watching it, but I remember these girls when I was growing up. Oh, I remember such and such. I remember her. Wow. And um, I used to always say, because I was traveling the world, I wish some of our sisters had 
travel to see how other women were doing it in their lives and how they can make it if you just stay focused and try to overcome the pain, try to overcome the distractions. Those things are so important. So when I heard you talking, I I think about my life and how I had to overcome just a lot of things, how I had to sacrifice so much more, you know, because I think I'm thinking way, way older than you. But (laughs) the thing is that I wanted people to hear your story because when I was listening to you talk and I was like, oh, man, they got to hear this shit because you, out of all the stories I've had, everybody's always had outside problems, right, because of choices Mm -hmm. they made. Your situation was internal because you had you was living with the enemy, and not only was you living with the enemy when you left, the people that you loved still was living with the enemy. So you don't know, or did you? You knew they was being abused, mentally abused, and taken advantage of, and just had to push you every day while you was in school to get these good grades, to get things right, because i got to go back and get them because you don't know she's going to kill them or will they be mentally destroyed for the rest of their lives. Right. And and that's true. And all of those things played a, a part. And I think my sister mentally destroyed. You do. So she did get caught up yes. a little bit. Uh, yeah. Before I got her at 14. So that's right. another reason I really just don't like her. Yeah, because you know what I've learned? Yeah. When I travel this world and I dated and I sit and listen to women, when I talk to men that golf courses or smoke shops or comedy shows or that they're in their businesses, everything starts at childhood. If Mm -hmm. you can have a great childhood, the rest of your life is amazing. But if you had an after childhood and you're not resilient, it can affect you for the rest of your life. Yep, it's a year to undo the damage. Years to undo the damage, yes. Years. So. Because even when I used to try to date, I'm going to go back and circle back to this. When I tried to date, and the women was not only messed up from the family, but they messed up from a previous husband or a previous boyfriend. I would have, before before I learned myself, I had to take the time and say, do I want to fix this? Because it was like being a contractor and you meet this woman and you got to go in this building, which is her soul, and rearrange all the wires that you can change to get this person to think positive, to let them know that they can achieve this, to know that they can make it. But sometimes you don't get all the, the, the negativity or the corrosion on this, these wires because it, the roots are so deep. Mm-hmm. And some people are great actors or actresses to pretend, but they really are affected as a child. 
So how is your sister moving? How are you helping with it? And do you think she's getting therapy? Do you talk to her about a lot? Or do you think she's much better? Or she's able to troop it under the rug? Yeah, she's much better because she's out of that environment. And I end up getting her therapy. Um, oh, that's Yeah. At one point, she had to be Baker acting. So that was tough. Now, what is that? That is basically where you involuntarily surrender to a mental institution, and they have an automatic hold on you for 72 hours while they evaluate you mentally. She was wow. like to the point where she was threatening to kill herself. That woman was that mean to her? That terrible. So you see my point. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I would come wow. back in undergrad and visit, of course, visit my brother and sister and bruises, whelps, stories of her spraying them down with bleach, all these kind of things. It drives the dislike for her. Wow. That's sad that there are people out there. Now, don't get me wrong. You hear it on the news. You see it on the oh, news. Yeah. You hear a story. You might see something on social media, mom or dad or uncle or neighbor do this type of bullshit, but to actually have it on my show, to actually hear it real in real time is insane to me because it always seemed like something on the outside because we were not – there was one time I was doing an interview, a couple of them, it kind of depressed me because I was like, these people, but this was when people were making bad choices. This right. is not a bad choice here. This is how your life was and what <laughs> I wanted to show the world in this interview is how you overcame all these obstacles to become who you are today. And are you sad deep inside, or you don't think about it? No. Like, how do you how do you move every day? Like, how do you inspire yourself every day, knowing what your history was like? I mean, it's conflicting. Some days I'm like, yeah, it's it's so sad, and I wish that didn't happen to me. But then, in some days, I it, it had to. If it didn't, it wouldn't be this now. So, you know, my mother told me on her deathbed. Two things. Don't take anything for granted and take care of your siblings. I'm a person of my word, so I'm going to ride that out to the end. Oh, no, no, no. I know you put some word for something else you told me when you had got married, so that was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, you are a woman of your word. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Because I just so, said, fuck man. it, but you kept your word. Right. So if someone was hurting them, I failed in my mind. I'm not keeping my word. I'm not protecting right. them. I'm not taking care of them. So it bothered me, and um, I had to keep my word. 2014, and I officially adopted them. And to me, because I'm old in a sense, I'm old age-wise, but young in spirit <laughs> in mind, right? 2014 yes, yes. seemed like three weeks ago to me. Yeah. Because that's how fast my life goes. <laughs> and I'm like, 2014 seemed like just only a couple weeks, couple days. So this is still fairly, like, kind of new, but not. It's not like it's 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, so mind you, I'm 36 now. 
Right. This was happening when I was 20, you know. 28 years ago. Yeah, this was a while ago. And so to be dealing with that in my young 20s, it's kind of hard to believe it now, but it was happening. It was happening. And you maneuver it. So do you think that um, you're the type of person that, which you are, because obvious, you created your own way because nothing was given to you. No, absolutely. Right? Nothing was given to you. Really um, pull it all together to achieve this goal. And now with her, what's the word I want to use? With her going to the therapy and getting together, how did she overcome that? Ultimately, she was placed on medication, and she does mm-hmm. like continuous therapy every week. Okay, still to this day? Yep, to this day. Okay, now does that come out of pocket, state pays for it? How does that get paid? Because I know that could be expensive. <laughs> I pay for it. Wow. Because I, I'm supposed to be taking care of my siblings. Right, right, right. That's awesome, hon. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And so, obviously, she's making progress. Oh, yes. She was accepted into pharmacy school. Um, she is current, was currently teaching over the summer. She is doing great. Okay. Now, when do you stop, or do you think this is a lifetime therapy thing? Um. You know, it may be a lifetime, um, but, you know, as she gets older and matures, things are getting better, so maybe not. Yeah, I think think that's the new experiences, the things that, the great great positive things that she has, because there's, if you put it on a piece of paper and you put feelings compared to achievements, there's more problems with the feelings because of her grandmother. Uh-huh. And the good thing is there's not enough many years yet, right? It's only like eight, nine years of that where right. she had all these other years of badness. So you've got to balance it out, right? It has to be at least another 20 yeah. before to really be so far behind you, you're good. Yeah, you got to live. You know, when you're young, you you all emotion. Only when you get older, you can start seeing things and prioritizing things and understanding people's perspective. Mm-hmm. It was the same thing with my father. To me, when I was younger, he was alcoholic. We had to go through all these things. Whatever. To me, he failed, and he, he didn't do enough. But when I get older, I realize he gave everything he had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's just what it was, right? Right. So um, she'll understand, hopefully. Yeah, no, no. I see that yeah. as years go by, I'm here to tell you, trust me, the next <laughs> eight, nine years, this will be nothing to her. But she has to have more positive memories than the negative ones. Mm-hmm. And it'll all balance out. Mm-hmm. I definitely see that. Yeah. I definitely see it. So yeah, so that's 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 I just find that phenomenal within the stuff that you pulled yourself up as Doctor Martin Luther King would say, pull yourself up by your own boots and achieve no scholarships? No. Man. No, no, not at all. I really am thankful 
to my undergrad for believing in me because, um, yeah, it was a lot of distraction during high school. I couldn't do my best. And I ended up getting into undergrad, and it was up from there. So I'm very thankful. Interesting. So you had to bust your ass, overcome that negative shit with your grandmother, get good grades, work two, three jobs. Yep. To pull off a Hail Mary. (laughs) I believe I've worked 40 hours a week since 19. (laughs) Easy. And still went to school and got good grades. Still worked 40 hours a week and went to pharmacy school. Yep, both undergrad and residency. So, ladies and gentlemen, do you hear what I'm saying now? I don't, I don't tell people if that person can do it, you can do it, because everybody's different. But listen to this story and let and find something in this interview that will inspire you. That when you're going through stuff, you can repeat this or rewind again and again and again forever to hear this young lady share her story because if this is not inspiring, I just don't know. It's like sometimes when I wake up and I'm tired and I'm getting dressed, like, man, you got to go, TK. And then I see traffic going to the airport, right? Hundreds of cars. Like, nigga, what the fuck are you complaining about? Everybody beats you up. Like, they they up already. (laughs) Going with their life, and you complaining? That's how you. That's how I look at shit when I travel. I'm tired, take a shower, and I'm still tired. Going through the hallway, take the elevator upstairs. But when I get in the car, there's hundreds of vehicles. When I get to the airport, it's people there freshly awake, <laughs> <laughs> like it's nothing. And that's why I always tell people, get your rest, stay focused. Now, on top of everything that you did, you also got married. In a, now, let me tell you why I'm bringing this up. Because I believe that when you're trying to accomplish something, marriage is a distraction. And let me tell you why. Because I always feel when you get married, somebody loses who they are when you're trying to achieve something. And what I mean by that is somebody doesn't want you to do this, or someone says you have enough time for me, or somebody wants you to cater to them, or one person comes home mad, and your day is messed up, or a crisis comes, it's your crisis it's too. Now, some people need other people. Some people don't. Mm-hmm. But you actually got married, got a divorce, and it, you didn't miss a beat. How do you explain that? Uh, well, yes, I did get married pretty young, too. I was about mm-hmm. 21. And the circumstances around that kind of forced us together. And um, we we tried everything. We had been together, I think, a total of eight years. And mm-hmm. we grew apart. So. The 19-year-old me and the 24, 25-year-old me was two different people, as it should be. Mm-hmm. And yes, so, 
in that change, uh, we fell apart. But due to those circumstances, we really needed to stay together um, so that we could clear some of his uh, citizenship. So uh, when we first was married, I promised him that no matter what, I will make sure he got his citizenship. Now, we did truly love each other. That wasn't fake. But would we have gotten married so young? Probably not, right? So Mm -hmm. we we stayed together. I fulfilled my promise. I paid for the whole entire process. And, um, you know, I didn't want him to walk off losing. That's not fair. So Mm -hmm. I... The person I am, the personality that I have, I'm going to keep my word. Right. Yep. I'm a witness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so even if it, sometimes it hurts, but you got to really just stay and wait and be patient and be dedicated and, you know. Now, let me tell you why I brought I that up. And, yeah. Let me tell you why I brought that up and I'm going to share something with the world. See, sometimes when you help other people out, some people think their blessings should come back from that person. Like, let's say this person would have went on and become very, 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 very successful. But you say to yourself, oh, that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for me. And what I want to share to the world right now, I want you to listen to me very carefully. Your blessings when you help other people, the majority of time doesn't come back from the same person who you helped. The universe has a way of blessing you in other ways. The reason why I'm bringing that up is because look at your success now. Mm-hmm. You have a phenomenal Air, Airbnb business. You have a great job making great money. Your siblings, and I always say people who are intelligent say siblings, Mm-hmm. I say brothers and sisters, all the way up to like two years ago. <laughs> Just being honest, like I never used, I never used that. I used to hate fuck using that word fuck. That means how many siblings do you have? Like, motherfucker, how many brothers and sisters got? Like, fuck this, <laughs> this education of shit. <laughs> how many siblings? How many siblings? Do you have? Oh, I used to hate it. I'm telling you, hate it. But I always said when people use that word. They were very educated because the majority of people don't use siblings. Mm-hmm. So for you to be blessed with your siblings and them doing well, this is why you are truly blessed. And I just wanted to share this story with these people around this universe to explain, to give them another life lesson or how you don't have to, you can help people, you can change people's lives, but don't think they owe you. Because when you do right from your gut, the universe, the, the text you give story, I remember I, was, I helped out somebody and made them very, very famous. And I don't know if I was jealous or envy. And I was talking to my mother, and my mom said, did you do this from your heart? Or did you expect something in return? And I thought about it. In my mind, I'm like, shit, motherfucker, I want something fucking return. Like, this, this is what I'm saying inside. But when it came out, I said, nah, ma, I did it from my heart. Mm-hmm. And it took years of hard work to get what I wanted out of life. But I saw what the universe was doing for me. 
I had to truly earn it. And when I think about how I had to truly earn it, I remember on the track team, 1976-77, guys were just more talented than me. I was good, but there were some people in life who were just fucking talented. Mm. And the guys on my team were talented. And I remember my coach saying to me, Kirkland, you're going to have to work harder than everybody else. And that's how my life is today. I'm winning because I worked harder than everybody else on a consistent level for years. Because if I had it my way, the first show I did was so good that the next morning, I just thought the news people and reporters were going to be taking pictures of me. I swear to God, I'm like, where the fuck they at? <laughs> where are they? It's not supposed to be like this. This is supposed to happen to this morning. But I had to work hard, still working hard. Still to this day, and I'm fucking 63. So I'm you have my age in a sense. And to hear, like I told you, I already know what your future becomes. I know in 30 years you're a multi, multi-millionaire, phenomenal woman. I'm just doing great things on this planet because you've already been to Brazil. You've already been to, done things most people haven't done in their 30s. Like, you're doing this already. Mm-hmm. And I just want to share, I want to say thank you for sharing your story with me because I know other people can go, wow, and that's a great, 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 great story. So I want to say thank you on that note. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, you know, I don't like calling people up a Sunday, which just comes out on Monday. But I do this sometimes the day before, which is that it's football season. I'm smoking a little cigar. I'm in my pajamas because I tell people who are such as the guys, make sure your pajama game is always on point. Always on point. And um, September 23rd, I'm in Bakersfield, California, ladies and gentlemen. I'm in Bakersfield, California. Now, do I know where I'm performing? Nope, because I always tell you that. I don't know where I'm performing, but I'm looking for it right this second. And I am going to tell you guys where I am performing, especially if I can find it. Immediately. So, where are you, Mr. Kirkland? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Okay, so I'm at the. Hmm. Where is it that? I'm in Bakersfield, and I am at the, what we call the. Um, this is 900 Downing Avenue, Bakersfield, California, for ticket call. Six six one three one six seven six. I don't like that fly. Hold on a second. That fly is not jumping or adjustments. Hold on a second. 
percentage of men over the age of 40 suffer from some type of erectile dysfunction. ED. Guys, don't let Ed creep into your bed. Discover Bedroom Therapy by TK Kirkland. Not just a bunch of pills to take, but a natural way to regain stamina and put the spark back in your love life. Bedroom Therapy by TK Kirkland. Now at Bedroom Therapy by TK Kirkland. And yes, ladies, we thought of you too. We offer the Honey Pack, a safe, natural way for you to decrease hot flashes and increase your libido. Bedroom Therapy by TK Kirkland. At Bedroom Therapy by TK Kirkland.com. Log on today for special offers and discounts. That's Bedroom Therapy by TK Kirkland.com. Bedroom Therapy by TK Kirkland.com. Bedroom Therapy. Made for him. Thinking of her. 
Make sure you follow TK Kirkland on Instagram at TK underscore Kirkland. For more information about upcoming events and more, visit www.officialtkkirkland.com. This episode of the TK Kirkland Show was produced by Chris Thomas, executively produced by Charlemagne the God. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.